broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Four o'clock hour on a Monday Action Sports Jacks on ESPN. 690 rolls along, still a lot to do. An interview with Brent and Buster Brown coming up a little bit later in this segment. We got baseball going right now. Brent Martineau standing for the national anthem. I think Stuart Weber's around somewhere. So a lot still to do on a Monday edition of the show. We're going to talk some hockey as well, obviously, because you know how I care about my Tampa Bay Lightning. Isn't that right, Brent? Yeah, you do care about your Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, we're heading over to Tampa on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're going to watch the Rays and the Yankees. Uh, not going to watch the Yankees, but watch the Rays and say hi to Travis Chapman, who's coaching first base for the Yankees. Uh, but also, apparently, game six of the Lightning is on that Friday night. I noticed that. And so that maybe could we catch a playoff hockey game, uh, which might be cool if we could do that. So uh, we will see if that's the case. Uh Let's uh, go to the phones right now, and uh, we're going to go off topic a little bit. And how about uh, talk a little bit, women's tennis down at Flagler College, who's playing in the national championship, I think over in Altamont Springs. Rod Puebla joins us now in Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Coach, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Hey, give us the lay of the land here, because top of mind is not how tennis and, and the national championships work. We're used to individual tennis or doubles tennis. What's the format, and, and how do you feel about your group going into the national championships? Hey, guys, uh, thank you for having me here. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty unique, uh, system. We, um, you know, we did this last year. We qualified for the elite, uh, sweet 16, uh, but due to COVID, you know, there was some sort of a uh, sweet regionals, you know, uh, super regionals, and they were still playing on different sites. Uh, this year we kind of went back to normal, the NCND two, and they placed as all, you know, the top 16 teams in the, in the country on one site. And it all starts tomorrow. Uh, in the first round, it started around noon. So that's kind of how it works in tennis. Okay, thanks for uh, giving that a little bit of explainer. Well, tell us about your, your tennis team. Obviously, this is a great feat to get where you're at. Uh, can you win it? Can you make some noise? How do you feel going in? Well, you know, we, we, we had a very strong team. You know, we finished two in the conference. We shared the title in our conference in the Peach Belt. Uh, we're ranked 11 in the country. And our number one place is our number four uh, in the country and the NCAA Division Two. And our number one doubles uh, is actually our number six team in the country. So we do play St. Mary's tomorrow at noon in San Lando Park. Um, and then, you know, which they're the number nine team in the country, and we're seated eight uh, in, the, in, the, in the tournament here. So we do have a good, uh, good option to move on to the lead eight, but you know how it is. We've got to come out and play tomorrow. Yeah, and you got to play well. Uh, appreciate uh, Rod uh, Pueblo, join, Pueblo joining us on uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Flagler women's tennis coach. And are all schools in tennis this loaded with international players? It's obviously an international sport. But you have, uh, well, a young lady from Bradenton, Florida. But then you also have on your roster Germany, Chile, Guatemala, uh, no, New Jersey, Germany and Germany again. Uh, is that... And a focus for you and your recruiting, or is that commonplace in the women's tennis around the country? It, it, it is. It is based, you know, it's a, it's like we all know, tennis is an international sport. It's very popular all over the world. Uh, here, you know, basically we do have a couple of players from America, but usually the top players in America, they try to use the, you know, the D1 route and go to the big programs in the country. 
Um, sometimes we get lucky here and there, but it's very tough to get the top players in the country to come to us. I wouldn't say small school, but you know, like Flagler. But yeah, yeah. it is the norm kind of. Even even on D1 route, you know, you'll see most of them from from the you know from overseas. Well, by the way, so it is a norm. Be, yeah, it's got to be kind of like I feel like it's a fit. Am I making it up that Flagler has a lot of international students anyway? I don't know your entire yeah. student body, but I feel like from an athletic standpoint, there's a there's a lot of international flavor on your rosters, uh, not just tennis. Well, you know, it's kind of hard not to come to Flagler. You know, it's a beautiful place, beautiful campus, and then, you know, you get all these Europeans trying to find, the, you know, the nice weather and great location that we have. It's hard to pass. And, and you know, we do have Addie. She's, and actually, Addie, you know, Brunich from Barrington, she's, um, she's actually the uh, granddaughter of Nibali Terry, and he's one of the most famous tennis coaches in the country. So she's kind of one of the different breeds here that we have, but, you know, they're all trying to find their best place. To go. Rod Pueblo with us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I'll leave you with this. Uh, the men's team also playing in the national championships. How cool is that, that both men's and women uh, are in the to this spot? And also just how good is tennis, I guess, uh, at Flagler College? Yeah, we, we, you know, we started, you know, last year, we it was just the women. Now, you know, Jonas started this year. He got that group together. Now they're in the top 16, and they'll, I believe, they start on, on Wednesday here at 8 a.m. They'll, they'll be their first round. So they sign a little a day later. But, you know, I think they have an, also they have a great chance there, the number seven seed. So it will be very exciting to have, you know, have them here as well. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes, giving a little, little insight on Flagler College uh, women's and men's tennis. Rod, uh, good luck uh, over the next couple of days. Hope you get some W's and make some noise on the national level. But a uh, heck of a season just even to get to this point. I know. Thank you so much for having me here. And, you know, we we'll hope we can do something tomorrow. All right, we'll, be, we'll keep an eye on it. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. Bye. Brent Martineau uh, here up at Charlton County as uh, we're underway here uh, for the Indians of Charlton County um, against Social Circle, uh, which is obviously another school out of Georgia. Uh, we've got some interesting names. It's going to be because of a lot of the charter schools and stuff. It's We find some... I was like, is that really a school? Yeah, that's a school name. <laughs> so Anything could be a school name, Brent. <laughs> yeah, I know. But we see it in Jacksonville now, right, all the time. Like, there's, I think St. John's Country Day played it last year in the baseball, and I noticed, uh, and they might see him again this year, Out of Door Academy. Oh, like, I know about door. Out of Door. But, like, how is that a school name? Are they good now? Like, and I don't want to, by the way, i got to be careful here because I don't know exactly all the true meanings of the names, and you, want, you don't want to get yourself in trouble. But, I mean, you already said like, it. I mean, I mean, but out of door, I can't, like, does that sound like a school? They're so they're private. That's what I remember from them. Um, and when we used to play them, they were bad. Like we had to go far. We I forget exactly where they are, but we had to bust a long way, and we beat them by like fourteen. It was something crazy. It was like really weird. Yeah. So I mean, well, they're good now. I can tell you that they're good. The last couple of years in baseball. Well, that's uh, good. At least I don't that's know much time. else about the school, but um, but anyway, uh, Charlton County playing social circle just got going in the first inning here and um it looks like nice dive and play over there at third so uh things going well for charlton county i'm gonna go get some highlights guys uh for the next uh, little bit you guys take away this segment we've got a buster brown interview coming so uh take it away back in jacksonville we'll rejoin you in just a few minutes after maybe i get uh, a couple of runs for the good guys of charlton county sounds good brent we'll talk to you then uh Stuart weber back in the fold what up with you What's happening? Uh, just been uh, getting getting stuff ready here for, for Action Sports Checks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Of course, we do the whole TV thing as well, uh, getting our sports oh, yeah. sports cast ready for tonight. 
Um, got a little college golf update on there. You know, uh, college golf NCAA Division One men's regionals starting off today, uh, hitting the course. And, and guess who's leading their regional right now? Give me the give me the good news. That'd be the UNF Ospreys. We are we are well aware of the the talent that uh, Coach Schroeder has has put through that program over the years. Uh, once again, uh, performing well against the big dogs of of the college game, as they are uh, on top, tied for first in their regional three rounds. Go. By the way, uh, top five move on to the finals. So, uh, just got to keep it up. Yeah, we had a uh, we had Coach on the other day, um, and yeah, he thought they had a pretty good chance. So, shout out to the Ospreys, you know. Uh, Osprey grad myself, Stuart Weber. So yeah, right uh, here, swooping left and swooping right, swooping all over the place. We're Nick Gabralchik and Brandon Mancino off to a great start in that golf tournament. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Up in New Haven, Connecticut. There you, Yale, right? Yes. I don't know. You're right. Okay, I'm yeah. just checking. Beautiful Connecticut. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, Brenda's this conversation with Buster Brown, Stuart Weber. I think you were there when this conversation took place. New member of the Jags. Any background you want the people to have before they hear the conversation? His name's Buster. What we'll did I find, say? We'll find out why in this uh, this conversation uh, that Brent Martineau had. Yeah, I mean late late round draft pick, a guy who you don't you don't know a whole lot about coming into it. Just know the fact that uh, you know his first first team All Conference in the SEC his last year there in Arkansas because uh, he was a ball hawk guy who who knew how to intercept the ball. So. Uh, certainly able to come up with some good stats playing in the SEC. Not a bad conference last time I checked. And it just means more. It just means more. So much more, uh, especially in Fayetteville. We had a good chance to catch up with Buster Brown on the practice field after day two of Jaguars rookie minicamp. Brent Martineau chatting with Monteric Buster Brown. You made it to the big time. How are these uh, last couple of days for you? Man, it feels good, you know. Just adjusting to the weather and getting to Florida, you know, I've been waiting for this opportunity, so it's finally here. What's it like? I mean, is it just football at the end of the day? Yeah, it's just football. It's just something I've been doing as a little kid, so ain't nothing more than football. How about just kind of being in the stadium? Uh, you know, now that does it hit you at all in these last couple of days that you're in the NFL, you signed your contract, all that stuff? I mean, has there been a moment like, okay, uh, you know, here we are? You know, it hit me the first day. But, you know, after the first day, you know, you just got to get past that. You know, you just got to get ready to put in work. So you can't really just think about it too much. You know, I just thought about the one day and I just put it to rest and just get ready to work. Do you know from maybe just growing up or playing in college or whatever, some of these guys, do you have any previous relationships with them? You know, um, I got a, two former teammates here, Grayson Gunner and um, Brent Morgan. So it's good to see those guys, you know, and Razorback Red. So it's good to talk to them and see them around the facility. Would you be here if you never transition to corner? Do you think you would have made it to the NFL as a safety? I feel like I, I would have. Yeah, I would have been in the same position, so it wouldn't have, would not matter. How glad are you that you're playing corner, though? I mean, it, is, is it a better fit for you, and was that the right move? You know, I could do anything, so just playing corner, you know, competing every day, competing every snap, you know, it's nothing like it. Like, everybody cannot do that, so I'm just happy to play corner. What? Uh, where did you take off? Like, where did you know going into Arkansas, like, hey, I got a chance to play in the NFL someday? Or was there some time in your collegiate career, like, okay, uh, I mean, you had a very productive career, obviously. So was there some time, like, hey, I, I'm going to keep playing football after this? You no, know, growing up, I was a baseball player. And then I started playing football in middle school. And then towards high school, like, my sophomore year, it, like, took off for me. And I just stuck with it. And that's when I knew I can make something in football. All right, so bring you over to the shrimp. And throw a little batting practice. Can you hit it out of there or what? Oh, yeah, I can definitely hit it, no doubt. No doubt, man. We can get you over here and throw the first pitch out or something. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What position were you in baseball? I was a shortstop. Shortstop, I played outfield, 
center field, left field, right field. So I did it all. Just an athlete. So you oh, can yeah. do everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Where where did Buster come from? You know, my grandma gave me that name as a kid, and it just stuck with me as a kid. And everybody loves the name. You know, it's some old shoes called Buster, Buster Brown shoes. So people love that and always tell me about the shoes, and every time they hear my name. So it's a great name. Is it better being a defensive player when your name is Buster? Oh, yeah, definitely. It sticks with you. Everybody loves it. You know, they say it on TV. No, they don't say my real name, so it feels good to be called that. What's the family call you? And does anybody call you Montero? No, not really. <laughs> not really. Some people play, mostly Buster. What do you see now going into this season and really when it turns up? Obviously, you got some OTAs and things, but how do you approach the next few months and then trying to earn your spot and, and get in the rotation and all the things that, that you probably want to do going into season one? You know, i got to come in here every day, you know, with a chip on my shoulder, you know, earn my earn my respect to my teammates and, you know, coaches and show them what I can do. So just down, chip on my shoulder and head down and working every day. We have not seen this. I know you guys are just getting a glimpse of this defense, but we don't know. I mean, this is a new defense coordinator, new system. Some of the stuff that you see, uh, will you acclimate easily? Do you like what the playbook looks like? Yeah, I love it. You know, it's kind of similar to Arkansas. So, you know, I'm just transitioning to this defense, you know, and just putting it in my Arkansas terminology and switching it to Jaguar terminology. So it's kind of similar to Arkansas. So I love the defense. It's meant to make plays. So you'll see later on. <laughs> hey, a couple of quick ones for you. You did make a lot of plays. That production, why is that? Is there is there an instinct? Is there a, a nature to being around the football that some guys have and some guys don't? Why were you able to be so productive? No, it started practice. You know, you got to compete every day at practice, you know, and I treated practice like game day, you know. I had great coaches, Barry Odom, you know, Sam Carter, to put me in them positions to make plays. So just practicing coaches, you know. You know, I worked hard for that, and, you know, it paid off for me. And the last one for you, you have been playing and playing and playing and producing and producing and producing. You might have to be a little more patient getting on that field as a rookie and, and some of the depth they have here. Is that an adjustment mentally? Do you have to change the way you think when you know you're maybe not going to go out there, play every snap, start, all those things? You know, once I'm not on the field, you know, you just got to take mental reps. When you're not on the field, you got to see what the other, what some, the person in front of you doing. So, you know, just taking a lot of mental reps and, you know, learning. So, man, good luck. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. That was Brent Martineau chatting with the 222nd overall pick in the NFL draft this season by the Jags, Buster Brown. Uh, Weber, I'm kind of... I don't know. I, I I liked what he was saying. I like hearing him talk. He has that energy, right? You can kind of feel it. You can tell he's a guy who's done an interview or two in his day. And you can always tell the guys who haven't. Uh, the big key for, for Buster Brown it, is really going to be what can he do on special teams to get things started. Because you, you take a look at the... Everything was perfect. Uh, um, we talked a lot about the special teams problems. So a guy like this can make an impact on special teams and then maybe find his way in into the lineup at some point because, like you said, Trey Herndon, who's been here a bit, Shaq, who a couple years left on the deal, but although it's locked up right now, that doesn't mean he can't earn a spot down the road as long as he performs on special teams. Yeah, so that'll be one of the guys to to keep an eye on. And as we said going into the interview, he's the guy who's proven it at the the highest level of college football in the SEC. Uh, He's played in those big-time atmospheres, those big-time Southeastern Conference matchups and games that, that matter. Obviously, Arkansas with a bit of a resurgence here as of late as well. So he, he was a big part of that. Buster Brown, cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Great name. Great name as well. So that was that on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coming up at 5, me and Brent will talk a little bit more about the schedule. Uh, we will also Are share... Are you excited th- about the schedule? Uh, no. No? Okay, so that's another... Th- like You're talking about schedule in general or like the release? 
A little, little, yeah, let's say the release. I mean, okay. that's, that's, that's the newest thing, right? Obviously, it came out Thursday night. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, told I just like that I can start planning for the fall. Yeah, like, Brent said the same thing, but I, I played FIFA, like, while it came out. Okay. And then, like, it came out, and I was like, okay, great. Like, I don't... It, am I wrong to not care at all? Like, we, it's May. I mean... Like, I know you guys have a... Like, you guys got to schedule flights and all that stuff. It, I, I stay here, so I don't have to do that. It lined up well for vacation plans for me. Of course it did. Like, it could not have gotten any better. A little bye week uh, right before Thanksgiving. Can't wait. It's great. It's perfect. Speaking of vacation, Brendan asked you, and I don't know if you're coming back, so I will. How was Peru? Peru was good. Yeah. Went down to South America for the past week. First time I was ever down there. That was a... It was an experience, man. Machu Picchu, one of the seven wonders of the world. Had a chance to go see it, and it is uh, it definitely lives up to the billing. It is uh, a breathtaking experience to, to see that there. Did you go to a soccer match? I did not. Unfortunately, the, the timing did not line up. I was, I was in the middle of the jungle in the Amazon on the Incan Trail when the teams were playing in Lima and Cusco, so I didn't get a chance to go see the teams play. I had to... Uh, Enjoy nature and hikes and mountain biking and whitewater rafting instead. Did tough, you see, tough, uh, tough change there. Did you see any terrifying animals? Um, no. I saw a dead snake in a jar, but it wasn't terrifying. It was it wasn't in a alive. jar? It was in a jar, yeah. Why? They were like fermenting the juices, man. I don't know. Was, That's terrifying. I hate snakes. These, these things happen. You hate snakes? Terrified, bro. Okay. Well, sorry about Why that. Why did you judge me? You judged me for sure. Because it's just a little snake. What's I the problem? Okay, well, there's a difference between a little snake. Like, I don't know how big the jar was, but if it's like a gallon jar, like a barrel jar. You didn't say it was like a small jar you buy at the Walmart. Like a gallon. You're telling me it was a gallon jar? Yeah. And the snake was little? I mean, it was probably a good five, six-footer snake. See, Snakes are more afraid of you than, than you're afraid of them, Not necessarily. Friend. Like, the meat, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, but, like, here's my thing with snakes. Like, I'm not a snake expert, right? So I don't know which ones are, like, venomous. So any little snake, it might be small. It might be five feet. Congratulations. What if it's venomous? It can kill you. It's the same thing with spiders. I'm not scared of spiders, but, like, you never know which ones you want to mess with and which ones you don't. There's a lot of things that can kill you in this world. That's no way to live worrying about it. Yeah. Just my thoughts. Well, my thoughts on life. You were the one looking at snakes in a jar, so I guess you're right. Well, I'm glad your Peru trip was good, Stuart. I am, too. It was, it was a blast. Uh, check out the Instagram if you want to uh, see more. At Stuart Weber. Uh, Not Worldwide Weber, though. Still can't get that one, huh? Yeah, I'm working on it. Working he just on won't it. sell it to me, that guy. Come on, guy. If you're listening, sell me it. He needs it. I've got the Twitter account. I just need the Instagram. Worldwide Weber on Twitter. Not Instagram. And if you happen to be listening, please sell your account to Stuart Weber. We got more to do. It. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're going to look at the teams with cap space. A team like, let's say, for example, Oklahoma City, a San Antonio, Portland. Teams who could create enough cap space to go out and sign them. But also the, the discussions of a sign-and-trade, meaning teams who uh, maybe don't have the cap space. And if Phoenix decides they want to get assets back for DeAndre and they don't want to match an offer sheet and either decide to pay him that max or uh, allow him to just leave for nothing, which I think is what they won't do. Uh, there'll be a lot of conversations around the league. DeAndre Ayton's going to get a max contract in the marketplace somewhere. Woj right there talking about DeAndre Ayton and what, well, what went wrong for the Suns, but involves maybe having to get rid of some of the players that they thought were good that turned out were not good. But frankly, nobody for the Suns 
was good last night in a rout. Luka Doncic and the Mavericks head to the finals to take on Golden State. Continue talking about that as we go along throughout the week and on Action Sports Jacks Overtime as well. And we'll let Brian Middleton give his thoughts on it, and then I'll gloat a little bit about being right and him not being Isn't that so the right. best? It, it really is. It's always the best. I will say I had a friend on Facebook, big uh, Phoenix Suns fan, uh, distraught, said that the title window is, is over. Really? It was a tight window. It must, it must have really been. a really short window. Yeah, I mean, that probably has to do with Chris Paul being old and now yeah. you have to pay Aiden. So. Yeah. And then the Devin Booker question now is he was horrible the other night. Is he actually that dude? So a lot of questions unanswered in Phoenix, that is for sure. Stuart Weber, Casey Kurtz with you. Brent Martineau getting some highlights right now as we speak. And I think he has more of that to do tonight, right, Stuart? There's a lot of local high school football action going on. Spring games are a thing right now. Yeah, here in Northeast Florida, Southeast Georgia, we're in a place that loves its football, as you well know. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why everyone clamors for all the Jaguars talk, even in the middle of May, when there's nothing really to talk about except for practice. Yep. We, st- we still want to talk about football, talk about the NFL. Well, high school football right now is the, the end of spring practice. They started up uh, about a month ago, and now we're starting to get some spring games all over the area. A little Monday night football tonight up in Kingsland in southeast Georgia. Brent Martineau, as mentioned, will be swinging by the home of the Camden County Wildcats to check out um, one of the cooler stadiums we have in the area. That place on a Friday night gets a good eight, 9,000 people out there. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they love their football in southeast Georgia now. You talk about there, you talk about Ware County, the Gators up there, Waycross. That's a really cool stadium, too. It's an old baseball stadium that they turned into the football stadium. Interesting. So part of it kind of has like the backstop with a little turn to it. Oh, that's it, cool. It's interesting. Uh, Memorial Stadium in Waycross. So, yeah, a lot of high school football here uh, coming up over the next uh, few weeks. Just these spring games. Good chance to kind of let these rosters see what they've got coming up for the upcoming year. Uh, and those games are just about every single night. Uh, Creekside plays tomorrow. Brent would probably tell you this at some point. You know, Creekside Sports Network and all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that it. we are. They're going to be over at Baker County. Uh, but so, some good ones here on the horizon. I mean, Thursday night, uh, Fleming Island's going to be at Mandarin, St. Aug and Bishop Kenny. I feel like they play every year in the spring. Trinity Christian at Fletcher on Thursday night. That'll be a good one down at the beach. Got to go check that out. Good games all over the area. Bartram Trail Friday night going to play at Columbia. And by the way, speaking of Columbia, they too uh, have a baseball game tonight. Uh, in the regionals, the Elite Eight, trying to get to the Final Four. So we'll have those highlights coming up tonight on Action Sports Jacks. Our friends in Gainesville going to go shoot that game for us in Lake City as the Columbia Tigers look to advance to the Final Four. So we're just all over the place in spring sports and even a fall sport, you know, acting like a spring sport in spring football. Uh, And by the way, shout out to all the uh, track and field state champions over the weekend. It's always such a tough thing for us to cover because – I mean, there are literally dozens of local student-athletes on boys' and girls' sides who've won state championships here over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and it's just impossible to get to all of them. So as a former track and field athlete who never sniffed a state meet, Uh, I I would like to say a a big congratulations to everyone who not not only won but stood on that podium uh, by the end of the state meet and had a chance to go represent your school and yourself. Uh, so congratulations to all the track and field athletes. Field, just as important as track. Absolutely. And well done for you to mention that. Let me ask you a couple of things about high school football that I at least have questions sure. on. I know you have the answers for it. Is it about the concession stands? Oh, when no. does season two of Casey's Concessions uh, make its drop? Hey, man, coming to a uh, live streaming radio slash video program near you in the fall. Love it. But let me ask you this. So the first one is... 
I, the, the reason I know this is Bobby Ramsey. I interviewed him when I was in college. I know he's no longer the coach of Mandarin. Correct. What? First of all, the first part of the question is, where is Bobby Ramsey now? Yeah. Who now coaches Mandarin? And then the third question is, the follow-up, I guess, would be, what other coaching changes are there in the area? There's been a lot of coaching changes in the area. So I'll focus on the Bobby Ramsey portion Sounds good. of that question. And uh, he's going to impact Christian. So this was a team that had been playing eight-man football. They're taking the jump up to 11-man football. And this will be their, their first year playing, you know, the full full size, full field, 11-man football. And Bobby Ramsey, this is a different challenge for him, right? You're talking about building this program from scratch and doing it in an area that has some really successful private school programs when you consider what Trinity Christian, Bowles, University Christian, all these teams in Duval County have been able to do. Well, you can kind of envision that for your school. So if you're Impact Christian, a team that's still relatively new and has had some success on the basketball arena, uh, trying to, to make that splash on the football field by bringing in Bobby Ramsey, a guy who has coached a Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who has coached a Mr. Football in the state of Florida. Of course, talking about, you know, that Derrick Henry guy. Oh, yeah. Heard of him. Heard of him. Carson Beck. Also heard of back on the University of Georgia roster. So he, he has certainly had his share of uh, talented players come through his programs, and now he'll attempt to do that with Impact Christian. They had their spring game just this past last week, and so they will start to turn an eye towards the fall, and we'll, of course, have them on the Friday Night Blitz. I haven't said Friday Night Blitz in a while. Uh-oh. It's been months since I've said that out loud. Thankfully. So, hey, excited about a new season. Brent Martin is excited about it. I know that. Absolutely. We're ready. Uh, we're getting fired up. By the way, speaking of, our buddy Kevin Sullivan getting a field day yeah. bathroom on Friday. How about that at Jackson High School so on Main Street? And I know a lot of folks in the area know Sully, and uh, he uh, is an analyst for us during the high school football season, but knows everybody. So if you hadn't heard that, that might be a cool thing to go over to. I think, uh, Stuart, it's about 5.30 on Friday evening before they play their uh, spring game, which starts at 6 o'clock. So that would be a special night for Sully, who's done so much, he coached football over there. He's been the AD. Uh, he's he's really done a heck of a lot on Main Street over there, and very well respected as he should be. Yeah, and of course uh, started the program at Atlantic Coast, helped take over at Ed White, and provides all the insight on the Friday Night Blitz as, as our high school football expert. Uh, so we we love having him on the show, and, and it's great to see uh, Coach Foy and the folks at Jackson, who are obviously coming off a great season for them, making it into the postseason, playing in the playoffs. Uh, for the first time in a long time. And, and Coach Foy has that thing going in the right direction. By the way, Coach Foy made an appearance on Saturday night's edition of Action Sports Jacks Primetime. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but, of course, Devin Wilson, a star wideout, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Sharks, slash offensive coordinator for the Andrew Jackson Tigers, uh, making a terrific over-the-catch, uh, over-the-wall catch for a touchdown uh, captured by yours truly, and then snap the camera over to the stands, and sure enough, there's his number one cheerleader, Coach Foy, <laughs> uh, holding cool. up the sign saying, Go, Coach. Go, Coach Dad. That's awesome. It. It, it was really That's really, cool. really good stuff. Yeah. That's pretty wild that you play in both, doing both. And, By the way, um, Coach Foy's son was standing right next to me because he was doing the ball boy duties uh, down down in the arena. Okay, Sharks won uh, pretty big, too, by the way. Yeah, 49-20 over uh, the Columbus Lions, a team that beat them in the season opener. Uh, bittersweet because the, the head coach of the Columbus Lions, big good friend of mine, Jason Gibson, uh, from my last market when I worked in Columbus, he has been a uh, arena football coaching legend there. I mean, they've, he's led that team for over 15 years through many different leagues and does a lot for the community up there. So uh, good, good little rivalry between Jacksonville and Columbus in the National Arena League.
All right. Uh, hey, Clay Harbor helping produce the show today. I saw this tweet, guys. Uh, PFF, he said, did their offseason grade today, gave the Jags a C-plus, which only be- is only better than six other teams. So, and he even said, if you include the head coaching change, I think the Jags improved as much as other any other franchise this offseason. And uh, I was a little surprised by that, too. Are you guys surprised to C-plus for all the moves, all the money spent, and and what they got early in the draft? I know there's not a lot late in the draft to get super excited about, but, I mean, if from a great standpoint, now, like, it doesn't matter. They have to show it on the field even if they got an A-plus. But if you're only catching up to six teams, that's a start. But that ain't good enough here in Jacksonville. They've got to make some hay, especially if you're going to go pay $175 million and you've got a first overall pick and you've got numerous picks in the top three rounds. So, like, the Jet, again, a grades are great. Point being is your offseason moves at the end of 2022 have to look better than more than six teams in the NFL. So are you telling me someone is trying to hand out some some offseason championships, like a legitimate, hey, these, these are the best things that you did in every part of the offseason? Because the Jacks for years have, have been hailed as offseason champions of the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people have been excited about it, even the draft, right? So that was kind of what I was like. I actually said this to some folks. I was like, I'm actually more ex- – I like this better than everybody's complaining or, or doesn't love it nationally. Sunshine and rainbows, sure. Because – I've been around here long enough to know that all the off-seasons that people have loved, the national folks included, hey, they're going to turn it, they're going to turn it, hasn't panned out. So maybe this one goes a little bit more under the radar. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter what people give you grades to talk. Like, we can all say, hey, I thought it was better, it wasn't better. But the reality of the situation is, like, we we did this, we're going to talk a little bit about the schedule later, but here's a, a little bit of a barometer test. The Jags play the Texans twice, the Jets, the Lions, and, um... Maybe that was it. I was thinking Houston twice, the Lions, and the Jets. I feel like there was one other team in there. But let's just – oh, uh, no, no, that's it. The Giants. Giants. There you go. There you go. So the Giants. So take those five games because it's four teams, but it's five games. Well, by the end of this year, you hope the Jags are moving ahead of all those teams. That's why I think the Jets game is so big because that's a parallel line with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and rebuilding and new coaches and, and, they won and that all this stuff. Yeah. And they won last year, and I'm not sure. It was such a weird year and with Urban and stuff. Like I'm not going to black mark them too much for that, but I don't want them losing two in a row, and I don't want Zach Wilson looking really good on that Thursday night game and Trevor not looking good. So that's my point. But the whole thing is you're in a parallel line with a bunch of those teams, the bottom feeders. Your job is to escape them. Right? You have to try over the next year, maybe it takes two, to separate from them. Because the only way you're going to gain on Houston, uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee and the rest of the league is to separate from those bottom feeder teams. Now, maybe a couple come with you. Maybe the Jets are good as well. But there's a, not a great chance that the Detroit Lions, the Giants, the Jets, the Jags, and Houston all over the next three years are good. So you better be able to separate from that. And so that's what I think is pretty interesting about, like, a grade like that where they're saying, hey, the Jags really – and we know that the Jets probably got a better grade because everybody loved their draft. And so the Jags have to be better, guys, when it when you're comparing to the bottom. They have to start, start separating. So here's the thing. Much like any student who wants to get into broadcasting, the grades don't matter. These are important things to realize for the future. Grades don't matter. No, I'm kidding. Uh, sort of. Just a little bit. Uh, but, hey, I mean, you, you look at what the Bengals did. I mean, going from that number one overall pick 
finding a way up into the 20s when it comes to power rankings the next year and then making their way all the way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, you see the blueprint out there. You hope that the Jaguars can find some sort of blueprint of their own and maybe get ranked like 23rd in the power rankings by the end of the year. How's 23rd sound? 23rd sounds pretty good. Well, 23rd would be like the 12th pick. Like if the Jags were picking 12 or 11 or 13 or – like to be honest with you, that is better. Yeah. Like that is growth. Like you don't want to be picking top five. And quite frankly, I don't think you want to be picking top ten. Can you get out of the top ten? And I actually think that might be a step of growth. I mean, that seems crazy. I think it might be. We'll be back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. buy those tickets because once again you're going to be disappointed by the reigning defending two-time stanley cup champions of the world tampa bay lightning you blew it you guys blew it you just didn't get it done in tampa when you had to get it done the lightning do not lose game seven all of the pressure is on one man named jack campbell and he's not ready for the pressure austin matthews mitch marner i don't care who comes out on the ice for the toronto maple leafs they will not get it done they will fold and the lightning will move on and disappoint the toronto maple leafs yet again in the stanley cup playoffs brian middleton i said what i said well that aged well yeah i guess so that's uh i like the selfish ambition we like in our action sports acts department that's cool that you pulled your own take producing this show i like that i'm gonna keep it honest with you brent if i I don't pull it nobody else is going to that's true but i like that yeah listen when i i i think it's fair when you're right you got to call it out and when you're wrong you also got to call it out, but definitely on a lower scale, right? You don't play it as a rejoiner. Maybe slide it in in the middle of a segment when there's only a couple seconds left. Or let Middleton do that at 6 o'clock. Yeah, he'll get after me. Yeah, he won't pull that because I was right, you know. But, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I said, if you missed the context of that, I said there's no chance that Toronto, they had to win one of two games, six or seven. I said you have to win game six because the Lightning are not losing game seven. You have championship pedigree. They're not losing game seven. They're not scared to play on the road in game seven. And Toronto didn't get it done. So I knew it was going to happen when they didn't win game six, and look what happened. The NHL playoffs, I'm saying right now, are so good, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So good. So why don't I watch it more? Yeah, I... It's a great question because I can't really come up with an answer for you, right? So I'm a Lightning fan, so I'm obviously locked in there. Stayed up past midnight watching Calgary and Dallas last night. No problem for me watching Edmonton, locked in, best player in the league. Have to watch that. Rangers series had everything you needed, a little drama. Sydney was hurt. So everything going on in that series, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why you, you can't get locked into it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, listen, some of it's just schedule and whatever, uh, but – and again, I said this earlier in the show, I flipped it on. I saw it was like 3-2, the Rangers game. And so I was like, ah, oh, shoot, I'm, gonna, I'm back like I was back in the office mm-hmm. after I went over to the J-Fund stuff. And so I'm flipping on. So there's there a reason why I wasn't watching it front to back because well, I wasn't there. You know, I wasn't anywhere yeah. to watch it. But I, I got to be honest with you, like it wasn't like I was checking every, you know, if there's something I really want to watch, I'll at least keep up with the score, right? Or I'll watch on social media or, um, you know, at least stay tuned. I wasn't until I got back and then I was like, hey, I wonder what's going on in the hockey game, or I saw somebody tweet about it. It's like, oh, i got to put this on. And I didn't stay up and watch Calgary. I checked it out this morning, though, Should've. because I saw it everywhere, and it was great. I mean, the scene in Calgary was unbelievable. Yeah. After, like, whatever they call their deer district or whatever Yeah. Um, outside. So 
But again, like I said this last week on the show, I said it last night on TV again. There are like three guaranteed things in sports, like around hockey. Playoff hockey is unbelievable. Game seven hockey is even more unbelievable. And handshake lines are the best. And like they're not debatable. Like it's all good. Yet I know that. I've watched plenty of playoff hockey, I've watched plenty of sports. Yet I can't get myself to just sit there and lock in. I think some of it might be because I'm not a fan of anybody anymore. Like I was a fan of the Bruins as a kid. I watched the Bruins and Celtics like every night. Um, but then I lost touch with that. And I mean, sure, if you asked me to pick a team, I'd take the Bruins. But I couldn't probably name seven people on the Bruins. Like yeah. that's how much I don't watch them. So, and I'm not a fake fan. Like I don't do that. I appreciate that. Um, so I just keep it real like there's no reason for me to know all that stuff about the Bruins um I have to know more about like a local high school team <laughs> than I have to know about the Bruins and so uh so I just it's interesting but it, it's fascinating psychology to me and it almost goes back to all this conversation I've had over the years of like I'm just maybe not as big a sports fan as I once was well that's for sure but when you cover it and I guess do it I, maybe I'm a little different in that realm because we're covering it, we're doing all this stuff, we're running around, we're getting high school stuff, or we're getting college stuff, or we're just not there to be in front of the TV all the time, maybe the way I would be if I wasn't in the business. And then I'd be more like Ty, and I'd be locked in on my couch and flipping back and forth because that's what he does. So that's he what was I used locked to into do. hockey. He was. Good kid. Yeah, like he'll Raise text them, me. Right, he'll right. be like, this game's unbelievable. The thing about Ty, which is crazy, is like he thinks whatever he's watching, I'm watching. Like, so he thinks anytime he changes the remote, the channel, <laughs> he, he, he changed the channel. Like, it's like in my world, like I'm doing the same thing. It's a fascinating. He's done it forever. He's like, did you see that play? I'm like, Ty, what game are you watching? And what player are you talking about? <laughs> That's fair. But, but he does. He texts about like the, the college, I mean, the college, the hockey. And he was like, oh, he's like, this is awesome. You know, like, blah, 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 blah. And again, the first thing, only thing you probably said this morning was game six, May 27th, Friday night. And he knew we were going to probably be in Tampa. And he is kind of a lightning fan. Like, he's a, Good kid. not a diehard, but he's seen the lightning do well. Right? So he's kind of jumped on that train. He's also a Rays fan. Um, and kid. so we might, we, maybe we go over there. And by the way, if we go to the game, I'd enjoy it. It'd be great. I just don't find myself watching it uh, on a nightly basis. Like, I actually watch more of the Grizzlies and Warriors series and maybe even more of the Bucks celtics series than I did in the hockey. And by the way, you can make the case the hockey was more entertaining and better to watch. Uh, it definitely was. I mean, yeah, here's the thing about hockey that is kind of I can't figure out. So people don't like baseball because it's boring. There's, like, downtime. That's fair. Granted, there's downtime in football and more than we really want to talk about, but there's downtime in football, so that's kind of a tough argument to make with the boring part of it in baseball, but nonetheless, we'll just kind of clump it all together. There's not much downtime in hockey. Things are happening all the time. So, like, it's, I think, and not taking a shot at you, but, like, if you get it on, I think you're staying. Like, I think people just have a hard time getting it on the TV when, like, something like the NBA or obviously, like, if... Or for you, maybe Sunday Night Baseball. Obviously, if football was on, there's probably no contest there. But I think once people get hockey on, it's very difficult to leave. All right, I'm going I'm to give you a couple other reasons, okay? I think maybe the case. And, and maybe people bounce around. 
one we now know. It's almost like an NBA game where, where, where you can tune into the last 10 minutes of most NBA games unless it's like the Suns last night where they're down by 42. Right. But And you know, like, I'm probably going to get a good finish. Right? That's the way the NBA works. True. In playoff hockey, you know you could watch, like, the first period, the second period, it'll be good, but there's nothing like watching the last 10 minutes in overtime. And so it's like, I'm so used to that now, so tune me in when that comes because I want, I want to see that good stuff. This is good, but I want to see the great stuff, you know? Yeah. And then I think we flip and we lose a little bit of viewing habits because of the lengthy intermissions. Like That is true. It, it's like a collegiate halftime every time in between periods. Yeah. And so we start watching something else, and they're like, oh, shoot, i got to go back. And, again, if you're not a diehard fan of a team, then you're not, like, trained to be like, oh, i got to go back. I mean, you might then join that second period or third, third period after seven minutes have gone by. And, and I think the last thing about hockey is we still, like, hockey's fantastic. It's exciting. There's so much stuff. But it's still hard to follow that dang puck and see it all the time. And that's not me, by the way. But I'm just saying, like, a casual observer, you don't know where the heck the thing is. I, even on the winning shot from the Rangers, I needed yeah. seven replays to find out where that puck went. Which, by the way, it was an unbelievable shot. Yeah. I have no idea how it got through, and now I know why the goalie didn't see it because neither did anybody else. Yeah, yeah. When when it first happened, and he's just like sitting there and like trying to figure out how he didn't catch it. I'm like, what are you doing? Make a play. And then like you see it, and there's no like opening at all. It's like, oh, I get it. I understand yeah. now. It's crazy. So again, it's not like I, I think some of those reasons may work, and they're probably different for each person. Um, but man, it's good. It's, but and and like I'll I will watch it. I just probably won't watch it from seven o'clock to ten o'clock, or yeah. eight to eleven. Might be more apt to go catch like the late Calgary game, <laughs> which went into overtime, by the way. But, yeah, I um, know. Anyway, real quick before we go to break, breaking news: uh, Chelsea will be getting a Champions League spot. Uh, they will finish in the top four of the Premier League. Just so you know, Brent. No, nah, very so good. All, all good. Me. All good on the Champions League front for Chelsea. They will be in it next well, year. Now you guys can really settle in that you know that everybody listening to ESPN 690, and we can come back with football exactly. at five. Hear from Tom Coughlin what he had to say about Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, and I have some scheduled questions from leftovers that we didn't get to. We got that coming up. Football five at ESPN 690. We're live at Trenton County High School here on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> 